0: Welcome to the Bare Essentials Podcast, where the talk is real and hibernating on your goals is not an option. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Charles Wallace. I'm really excited for today's episode. I will be interviewing Bill Gaylor, a former member of the British Army from Norwich in the United Kingdom. Bill's career in the Army led him to becoming a PT instructor for his regimen, and he was also recognized as one of the top 10 fittest soldiers in 2021 during the British Army Warrior Fitness Competition. Now he is a business owner running his own online fitness programs, and Bill is going to share his wealth of knowledge around fitness and nutrition and give some great tips. So please join me in welcoming Bill to the show. Thanks, Bill, for joining. Really appreciate this. Um, Great to have you today. Um, Could you maybe start out by telling the audience a little bit about yourself?
1: Yeah, sure. So I'm Bill. I've literally just recently left the armed forces, uh, the British Army. Uh, And essentially now what I'm going to be doing is health and fitness. So from personal training to content production, that's basically my life now until for the foreseeable future. Anyway, we'll see. You know.
0: That sounds good because I think, uh, like military people, we need people like you, especially in this day and age, for uh, for health and fitness. Um, if you don't mind, I'd like to start with an icebreaker—something maybe outside the military, outside of fitness. Maybe tell us about yourself that <laughs> even people that know you maybe wouldn't wouldn't know or wouldn't expect.
1: Okay, yeah, sure. So I had to think about this one, and the one I'm going to go for is something that people who are very close to me will probably know, but. A lot of people I've met along, you know, in the last sort of ten years probably will not have a clue, and that is essentially I'm a massive geek, and that's it surprises me. So I'll take you back to the beginning. So when I was growing up. I was very much into video games basically like pc gaming that was my thing and then i transitioned to something called warhammer i'm not sure if you've heard of that yes it's basically like little figurines that you essentially paint and then you make a little army and they fight each other on a a board like it's like a board game with little miniatures and i basically did that for quite a while uh i stopped that just before i joined the army because i had to prioritize other stuff obviously i had to focus on physical activity instead of sitting there painting figures uh and then I've not really done that since. And then at the same time, I was also really into a game you might have also heard of called World of Warcraft. Have you heard of you heard of this game? Yes, I have. Yep. yeah, massively into that as well. I mean, I still play. I haven't played it recently because I've been so busy. But up until the latest expansion, I've still been playing that. So yeah, that that's a, a huge, huge sort of taker of my time. Anything geeky, basically. I mean, I think it was on a one of our recent podcasts. I can't remember which one it was. Um, the. One of our guests was a massive Lord of the Rings fan. And she went on about, you know, the comparison between the films and the new ones, The Hobbit. I I erupted, came in, sort of gave my sort of five pence. And then Tom turned around to me and went, I've never seen you so animated on the podcast since we started. And I basically was like, OK, maybe I should just knock health and fitness on the head and become a full time geek. But yeah, that's, ba- that's basically the level it goes to. You know, I'll do a podcast about health and fitness, but someone else comes up geeky and I'm all over it.
0: That's pretty cool. And obviously, um, I'm a bit older than you. Uh, I'm I'm fifty actually, just turned fifty today. Um,
1: birthday?
0: Oh, thanks. Back in my day, it was Dungeons and Dragons.
1: Oh, that that's was awesome.
0: that was our equivalent of Warhammer and things like that. So well that's so obviously we mentioned about the military. So mm-hmm. I was curious about this for you you're younger is military like a goal you want to be in the army is that something you always strive for or is it something as you got older and closer it just kind of happened for you
1: yeah so it wasn't always something i wanted to do so when i was going through school i think not everyone does everyone can probably uh, appreciate what i'm going to say now is that you change your mind about 15 times a day about what you want to do when you grow up you know you, you watch you see something on tv or you hear something from someone else you go oh, i want to do that now or oh, i want to be that so early on I was probably more, I think I started wanting to do something to do with cars, probably because I was growing up and I like cars. So I thought, yeah, I'm going to be a mechanic. And then I did my, um, here in the UK, it's called A-levels. I'm not sure what the equivalent is. It's basically something you do between high school and university or college over in the States. It's something you do in between the higher education. So I did that. And I was going to maybe go into sort of a business side of things, a business, maybe IT, that sort of realm. And then I'm not sure what it was that I changed my mind on, but I sat down and thought, you know what? I want to to go join the army essentially is what I thought and then I started that process after I left um, school was doing a part-time job in a toy shop just trying to get some money essentially while I was waiting to to join Um, and then yeah I joined the Royal Engineers which is kind of a trade-based part of the the army so I I went in as you go in as like a combat engineer and then you also specialize in a certain trade so my specialism was uh, electrician as well Uh, and yeah that's kind of how I got into it. it was it, as you said, it wasn't really something I, I wanted to do from day one, but I'm I'm actually sitting there struggling to think what was the, the turning point. I don't actually know what, what made me think, you know, what I actually want to join. I don't know if there was a, a single moment, but yeah, I think yeah, I just wanted to join. I think at one point it yeah. just sort of kicked my head and that was it. I made the decision and went.
0: Yeah. And I think that happens for a lot of people. I, I have friends, even when I was younger, um, joined over here at Marines. It was just one day, yeah, joining the Marines, I enlisted. you know. Um, I think I even had one or two friends. I think it was even more spare of the moment. Like they just went down, signed up. Mm. Parents were like, what did you do? (laughs) Too late. We signed the papers. We're going in. Um, so eventually you're, you're in the army that you're, when you go into the army, obviously, I don't think you go right into the army and start. And I want to get into this a little bit. Um, being like the, uh, Into like the personal trainer, right? Overseeing personal training for the British Army. So, could you maybe walk us through like maybe the stages as you're in the army and how it leads to eventually that?
1: Yeah, of course. So, as as you rightly said, you don't just, you can't just join straight. In the army as a physical training instructor it's something you have to do after a little while they normally expect you to be a rank of lance corporal before you can even apply to do it or if you're an experienced um, sapper as they're called um, the sapper is basically a private in the royal engineers but if you're one of them, if you're an experienced one they'll sometimes let you apply for this job role but it wasn't something i initially wanted to do as i said i went to the engineers so it was quite then obviously heavily engineering based and early on in my career i had sort of aspirations of going down the trade route so i wanted to go sort of almost project manager in the army essentially it was that that job role and then it was when I went to um I went to Romania was actually working with uh, some American Marines out there and one of the one of the he's a good friend of mine now, actually someone who works with the train primal business which I'm going to talk about later on but he he was out there first time I met him and he was doing something called the CrossFit Open I'm not sure if you've heard of the sport CrossFit so he was doing that yeah. and I was watching him thinking what on earth are you doing because it's obviously there's a lot going on I was like wow this is, this is mental I basically when I spoke to him, joined in, got into that, and then my love for just fitness, just sort of, obviously, obviously, I was relatively fit before, beforehand, as you you know, as you expected to be in the army, but that just sort of elevated my love for fitness, and then sort of from then on, still wasn't in my head just to go be a physical train instructor. I just got more into fitness in the army, and then it wasn't until I got my second posting to another uh, regiment that straight away I said, you know what. I want to go do this course. I want to be a physical training instructor. And how that basically works is you have to work in the uh, the camp, so the barracks you, you live on. You have to work in that gym there uh, for a, a period of time as almost like a, a learner PTI. So you, you basically wear wear basically, I think, called a grey jumper. So the normal PTIs, they'll have like a red belt and a grey jumper. You just have to wear a grey jumper and a green belt. So I was doing that for a little bit, uh, pretty much from day one. I'll tell you a bit of a backstory. This is quite funny. So I got to this new unit. I said to them, I want to go be a PTI. They said, okay, we'll see how you get on. First PT session we did, um, the, the current PTI basically joined in, and I absolutely blitzed him on the session, <laughs> uh, beat him in the workout, and straight away he was like, yeah, we need to get you in the gym, ASOP. So he got me in the gym. I'm working in the gym. And then, unfortunately for me, I couldn't do the course straight away because I had to do an electrical, another electrical course. So our trade training in the engineers is split into two parts. You do like a how, – how can I word it? it's kind of like a a beginner sort of thing where you learn the basics and the second part is more advanced so they said I have to go do the advanced things I said okay so that took me away from my regiment for about seven months so it's quite a long course and then when I come back straight back in the gym a few weeks later I'm on a PTI course and then yeah I've been pretty much working in the gym until the end of my career which was last week (laughs) So you mentioned
0: about CrossFit, yeah. I'm definitely familiar with with CrossFit over here uh, in my area. CrossFit's actually pretty, pretty big. I even I, I actually dabbled in CrossFit myself for a little bit, um, probably for about maybe a year, year and a half actually. Uh, and I did. I enjoyed it also. Um, so that I think this is kind of similar to what what we call maybe even the CrossFit Games. I saw yesterday. I was actually. Um, Doing a little bit of research before we jumped on here today i saw this uh where you were competing in the uh, british army warrior fitness competitions and yeah, i think yeah. it was just last year and i think this is like at least for me this would be absolutely amazing accomplishment you were top 10 fittest in the army one of the top yes, 10 that's,
1: fittest. that's that's correct yeah
0: so that competition how i mean when you go into that is that something you're like i'm gonna yeah i want to i want to get i want to win it i want to be in that top 10 is that is that your approach as you get into that competition
1: yeah absolutely so what happened was is for quite a few years they've had the british army warrior fitness competitions where normally it's you're in teams of four and you go around to various regions uh in the uk and you compete at different compete different events and then you all qualify to go to the finals as a team because of covid they decided, right, we need to change things a little bit. So they decided to make an individual-style event. Well, I think it was 10 weeks. They did, uh, pretty similar to the CrossFit Open, they did the British Army Warrior Fitness Open, where anyone in the army could apply, uh, do the workouts online, submit them in for judging, and then you get points, and obviously you get put on a leaderboard. And what they decided was, is that the top 10 qualify for the live finals? And then, obviously, at that point, you're already in the top 10. I think I came... I want to say sixth i think i came sixth in the online the online section of the competition and it was basically five workouts you do one workout every two weeks um and yeah was, that, was, that was pretty much it and then yeah went to the finals uh, we'll talk about that a bit later on because one of your later questions relates to this quite a lot but i'll tell i'll tell you how i got on the finals later on okay. out, it didn't go too well <laughs> so, <But yeah.
0: laughs> all right well i'm looking forward to that um so another question and i and i think at least i may be guilty of this right um do, do you think, especially now being in the Army now and working in the, you know, training in the Army, training people, now you're out of the Army or and you're working with, you know, regular people, do, do people outside the military get the wrong impression about the actual true fitness levels of the military personnel, in your opinion?
1: So it's quite a tricky question. I think you listened to our recent podcast, didn't you? Where we spoke about this. Yeah. So you I kind did. of get an you kind of get an idea of our thoughts. So when we did some polls for this, uh, it was the majority of people who answered who weren't who have n- never been in the military actually said yes. They think military personnel are physically fit. That's what that people assumed. And being on the inside, it's it's a difficult one. There is some truth to it. There are obviously some very fit individuals. There just is large parts of the forces, especially now when there's not really, I mean, Afghanistan's over, Iraq's over, there's no real conflicts going on. There's a lot of parts of the army now where I don't want to say people let themselves go, but they're not, you wouldn't, if you saw them out of uniform, you wouldn't think they are in the armed forces, if that makes sense. No, so I totally. think I think the issue is, is that social media and sort of Hollywood to put it, like films and stuff, they give you they give you a very one-dimensional look of what a soldier is. So people just assume it's kicking doors down, explosions, guys the size of, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, that sort of of level of capacity. But, you know, with look at the old days, the films of Predator, I mean, they they all look animals, huge guys. But the reality is there's obviously various different parts of, of the army. So, for example, my part, the Royal Engineers, the level of fitness is going to be very different to the Parachute Regiment, which is an elite force in the British Army. And then you've got the clerks, which are essentially an admin role in the British Army. Even though they're soldiers... They're not really expected to be as fit, so a lot of them, you would never, you would never think. I mean, a lot of them are technically overweight. I would have thought on the if you look at it on on paper. So, I think people do have a slight wrong impression. But it's a difficult one because there's a lot. I said there's a of different aspects of the army. So, yeah, and you just touched on
0: something that I, I'll be honest, I, I really didn't even, i never really thought of it that way. But obviously, different different levels to everything and different parts. So that that's a really good point. Um, did you in your work, did you train people from all different levels of the army, or was it more focused on a certain section of the army?
1: So my job was to train my regiment's personnel, and the majority of those would be royal engineers, but you do have um some other parts as well. For example, we we'll, we'll always have clerks who are attached, obviously, to do the admin stuff in, in the unit. So they'll be on PT sometimes. You'll have people who are slightly different come in who are support roles so other other types of engineers maybe in a support role and then you've also got some royal engineers they could specialize so we have parachute engineers and we have commando engineers as well so they will be engineers but they'll be specialized they'll be a bit, bit more trained they, they, you expect them to be a bit more physically fit because they have to go through a selection process to do these other like the parachute course to commando course so the level is somewhat similar but once again, even even at uh, a basic Royal Engineer level, everyone's so different, and it does okay. become quite challenging. And because the army is trying to prescribe a fitness program for such a wide variance of people, it does make uh, the jobs of the PTIs very difficult.
0: It, it sounds like it sounds very interesting. No, I'll tell you that, but it's <laughs> I I can only imagine because I see even even when I was doing CrossFit when I was younger and even working out, I mean, just seeing, you know, levels are there. So I can only imagine what that must Mm. be like for you to try to have to figure all that out. So that leads me to this. I mean, do you, is there, are you seeing like, obviously, are there differences in training someone for say military duty versus people you may encounter now just in your professional life and what you do now?
1: Yeah, for sure. So I think the most obvious one is there's a total uh, different style of delivery. So if I was delivering a session to a civilian in a a commercial gym, as opposed to on a muddy field in the army, the, the, the tone of delivery is obviously very different. There's a rank structure in the army. So obviously the PTI is in charge of that session. So there's a lot of shouting potentially, a lot of screaming. People just essentially do what they're told. There's not as much There's an understanding There's obviously compassion to a point, but it's not. It's not obvious compassion, Mm. you know. Like if someone's moaning because they're tired. If this, if I was training a client who's paid me on the street and they've said, "I'm feeling a bit tired," you know, it's just a bit too hard. You'd be like, "Okay, that's cool. We'll strip it back. You know, we'll take it either." If someone said that to you in the army, you tell them to get a grip and carry on. (laughs) You know, you'd be you'd be a lot more firm with it. And I think that's that's the major difference. And as well, I think motivation. As I said, if a client comes to me, they're going to pay me to deliver them a service. In the army, people aren't paying. They're getting paid to do the to do the session. You're not, they're not paying you. So motivation is is a probably one of the biggest challenges. There's been many a time when you go on a session and there's people who just don't care, they don't want to be there. And it becomes very difficult when you're trying to manage, let's say, 50, 60 people, and you've got a handful of those people who just have no enthusiasm, can't be bothered. And there's only so much you can do because gone are the days now where you could just, you know, destroy them to an inch of their life by giving them, you know, send them running for miles. You you can't really do that anymore because you know, it's, it's quite problematic in terms of like you know you probably get a lot of trouble but then when someone comes to you now like comes to me now civilian they're paying for me my job is to do what they need you know i'm there for them whatever they need you know and they're, they're motivated because one they're paying me and the reason they've come to me to pay me is because they're motivated for their goal whereas in the army it's it could be quite hit and miss with motivation so that makes it challenging
0: So have you trained anyone in your professional life now outside of the military, right? Where it maybe it surprised you a little bit where you're, you're training them. You're like, hell, (laughs) this person, this person may have been a, made a great soldier, been good in the army. Like it really surprised you to, you know, not just their physical, but maybe even their mental and how hard they're willing to push themselves.
1: I think it's a tough question. I mean, the majority of training I've done has been with military personnel. even outside it has been with people like even though it was in a civilian setting they have been exposed to the military but i mean there's people i've seen before who definitely could have i mean i'd I'd like i'd like to say that most people probably could have a go at something like the army you know if they did if they if they put the work in and they they take the you know they listen to what's being instructed to them throughout training they could come out the other side as a soldier no problem there's obviously people out there who are monsters when it comes to to physical stuff but i think as you said the mental side is one that's very difficult to to see because if i was to train someone now it'd be in a nice warm cozy gym at a time that suits them for how for a duration that also suits them it's going to be difficult to see if mentally they can prepare stuff without putting them into an uncomfortable mental situation which let's face it if you don't need to why would you bother you're not going to put yourself into that into that hole um so yeah but you soon find out anyway in training most people are capable. I think most people are, are more capable than they think it's just as a society. I think we choose comfort over discomfort.
0: So I'm so glad you said that. Cause actually I had a guest on last week. He, he said something very similar. He said that, uh, you know, comfort, it was almost like getting into a nice warm pool. feels great when you're getting in there, but once you're in there, you really don't want to get out. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say this uh, just One thing I knew I had to do was I actually, from the whole mental aspect, I always, um, I actually put my hardest workout of the week with my trainer. I make it Monday morning as early as possible. I've been doing that now for months and that's for a couple of reasons. It's a, it's really cardio based, which I hate cardio. I love strength training. I hate cardio. Uh, So I literally came to an agreement. I said, I want my hardest workout on the week to be as early Monday morning as possible. And it now makes me on Monday morning, I'm up. Early as can be, drop my daughter off at school. And then I have to get up and get moving and get over there. And it I've noticed it has helped me mentally to be able to, you know, it's a little mental game, but that's helped also. Um question that I've really been curious about. Do you think fitness is different for men versus women?
1: Um, so a simple answer is is yes, but obviously there's more, it's quite complex. So if I look at it from an army perspective before. As you probably know from what we said on the podcast, before it was there was different standards for men and women when it came to our fitness tests. Now, our fitness tests are gender and age neutral, so it's a little bit more clear cut in terms of while it is different, you know, physically men and women are different. In the army, now you expect to do the exact same, which is right; it's how it should be. But I think in the civilian world, it's a little bit more complex, and I normally go to other normally go to female professionals that i know very well for advice on this because it's, it's quite complex there's it's a, it's a lot more to it than even i knew that even i thought obviously women go through very different things to men and yeah i think it just it, it becomes a bit more difficult so i won't be able to get i'll, I'll say yes but i won't be able to give you all the details because it's literally not my expertise I, under, right. I understand there's a difference but there's there's more to it than most people think people just think oh yeah it's the simple difference men are stronger than women you know that that, that basic thing yeah there's obviously some Know, validity to that statement but there's obviously other stuff going on as well which i normally have to go and speak to other people about
0: well that's uh that's good that means you're that means you're a true professional that's uh going to get advice <laughs> and no know, knowing what it's sometimes more important to uh understand what you may not be an expert in and find yeah. out from an expert so so that's that's good um so would you have any advice for someone maybe just starting out they want to get in better shape but they're struggling to maybe find the right routine, you know, anything. And I know fitness isn't one size fits all, but anything like from your perspective that you could offer to maybe help someone who's struggling to get started.
1: Yeah. So I think the obvious thing to say would be to, to ask for help. I think especially we're definitely in a society where people don't ask for help. I mean, I'd, I'd even go as far as saying, especially men, you know, we can be like very stubborn almost like i can do this myself i don't need i don't need help because there you could, there is some you know truth to it if you go online now there's you know there's abundance of information regarding health and fitness and how to improve it the problem is you said it's not a one-size-fits-all and the stuff you find online is normally quite vague and broad so i'll start by asking for help but if i want to be more specific i think if we were to look at it from a pyramid point of view the base of your pyramid would probably be your nutrition I think before you even start throwing weights around and you know doing all that fun stuff, I think you need to, you know, sit back, look at your nutrition, maybe start a food diary for maybe a couple of weeks, write down your eating and see, okay, where can I improve this? Because if you haven't got your nutrition right, getting your training and ramping your training up is gonna be you can still see results, you're just limiting your ability to gain results. And obviously then we can go up the, go up the pyramid from nutrition to recovery, blah, blah. blah. basically you want to look at the foundational stuff first, like nutrition before you go on to all the exciting stuff. I know most people don't want to hear that. They'd rather just go straight into the gym and start, you know, deadlifting the world. But unfortunately, you're going to do yourself a disservice um, and you'll be back to square one again before you know it.
0: Yeah, it's funny you say how most people don't want to hear that. Um, recently, my wife's been on her own fitness journey and she's she's been amazing. She's down around 50 pounds in about three months and she's wow. been working her ass off. Um, one of the things her and I always talked about was It's kind of mental, but also getting our, our, our diets in check. And that was, that was probably the struggle for us, but it amazes me when, you know, a lot of people ask, you know, ask her, Oh my God, what have you done? You know, as soon as diet, I cut out soda, I'm doing this, I'm eating better doing this. You know, it's like, it's almost like people tune out, you know, like you said, it's, Mm -hmm. they want to, they want that magic solution or they want to at least go to the gym. Um, so I was curious and we touched on it a little bit, but and especially I would think being in the military, what you have probably seen people close to their breaking point. So I really, I'm really, really into this aspect. Like what, how much does that mental aspect play into fitness? I, I personally think it's for me, at least, I think it was almost 90%. I needed to be mentally right. Otherwise nothing else was going to happen. If my mind wasn't right and I wasn't finally getting into it, diet working out all of it would have been out the window
1: yeah for sure i think especially in a nurture setting it, it can be literally everything i mean if i strip it back to some basic which i think most people can um you know appreciate will be if we think of music if you do a workout without music compared to with music there's normally a big difference and you know let's be honest the music hasn't suddenly made you stronger the mu- you know music doesn't ha- it doesn't come into your ears and suddenly you know your arms get bigger and you can lift more it's because it's in your head and it's motivating you it's affecting your mental state allowing you to do more same with if you were to train on your own let's say you're in a garage like i train in my garage quite often i'll be in there doing a session if i then do the same session in a group setting i can suddenly do more i'm suddenly performing better you know I've, I've not changed anything physically. I'm still the same physical person I was the day before. I'm not, I'm, I, you can't gain strength that quickly. You know, There's not a day I've suddenly become Superman, but it's because my mental state's changed because people around me, there's more mo- external motivating factors, which is you know going to elevate me. And I think all these little things affect mental state. Unfortunately, in the army, it becomes more difficult because sometimes they don't want to introduce those external factors they want to see how you how you perform at your raw state so they want to see okay how'd you get on you've had no sleep you've barely eaten you're tired hungry let's go no no music no one's no one's cheering you no one's saying you're going keep going you can do this it's just dead silence just go and do it and that that's when you really sort of that's when you really see your mental state and i think things like you were saying you were doing when you were getting up in the morning on mondays those sort of things can help. I, I completely agree with that. But I think sometimes it's, you just have to just... It's, just it's, it's it's either you or it's not. you either got it in you you haven't because there's going to be some times where you can't train for it. I mean, some of the courses that the army would do where sleep deprivation is a massive thing, I'd, I'd argue it's impossible to train for things like sleep deprivation. You've either got the mental state to have to deal with it or you haven't. Like for me, example, I struggled with it massively in terms of anything green in the army. So any sort of <laughs> actual soldiering. I wasn't like that keen on it that's why i went down the physical training route where i was in you know a nice warm gym telling other people to do burpees but i understood that to myself i accepted that i never lied to people said oh yeah you know i love it i love being out in the field i love having no sleep you know I lo- that wasn't that wasn't me that's was not my my mental state and i think people want to say you can build mental resilience you can to a degree but i think some we are all different some people will either have it or they won't i think yeah that's great
0: and, and bill thanks for mentioning um the music with the motivation mm. it, it's interesting yeah. because um last year uh you, you're familiar with a workout called death by 10k or 10 meters something something like that
1: um it. It, sounds, it sounds interesting
0: so basically you'd have 10 meters you have a minute you'd have to go 10 meters as quick as you do that you recover for the rest of the minute next round you have to it's twice up and back and it's three times up and back. You always, it's always, you have a minute and how much of that time you use, you have either, you know, you got to keep going right away or you have a little bit of rest and you try to get as many rounds as possible by doing that. And that day when I was set to do that, my trainer, Chris had said, what, uh, what do you feel like listening to today? And I don't know that day. I was like, you know what? I want to try this in silence. So, um, I'm hoping later in the year, I want to try to beat this. I ended up getting up to almost 13 rounds. Um, my goal is to at least get to 15 rounds, but we'll see. But I, I am curious now, especially hearing you say that now I'm curious to see if I did flip on the music. I'd like to see how much of a difference it makes. That, I'd be, that'd be something interesting for me to try. But uh, it's an inter- it's an interesting thing, how our mind works and how that mental aspect can really play a role. And I think obviously you just made a valid point that mental, the mental aspect being so important. And I did listen to, like I said, some of your podcasts and we'll definitely, I want to plug that at the end because I want more people to listen to your podcast because you got a lot of great stuff on there. Um, Knowing the mental aspect of it. Could you maybe and nothing real in detail, Bill, obviously, but like maybe just a few things that maybe you could give some tips for people. And I don't think people really focus on this too much, but to help boost their their brain health. I think no, I think everybody just doesn't really pay attention to that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you've obviously been listening to the podcast because we also did an episode on this recently. <laughs> brain health, yeah. So for sure. So on that episode, we did talk about nootropics, which is you know, I'm not saying go get nootropics. If you listen to that episode, you'll you'll hear why. But uh, we gave some some tips essentially, and the two ones I I'll probably focus on now is probably the most important one. This is not just for mental state, but just everything, sleep. Because I don't know what it is, but I, I feel like we're in an age now where people think it's cool to have like no sleep. I don't know what it is, like our oh, grind. You know, you don't need you can sleep when you're dead and all this all these buzzwords. You know, it's like yeah, you don't need to sleep. It's Jocko Will.
0: It's the Jocko Willing impact. You, you know who Jocko no. is? No. <laughs> he's american marine awesome very motivational guy look him up but he always every day posts a picture he is literally up 4 30 between 4 and 4 30 a.m starting his day i think he's one of those probably one percent of people that can go with like you know
1: three to four hours sleep but Mm.
0: i I think that's people like that like you said are making that an impact but sorry to interrupt
1: no of course i completely agree that It it is social media it's things like that where you these people, they're so powerful in the way they speak. You just listen to them and think, oh my God, I want to be like them. It's incredible. In reality, you know, on paper, for the vast majority of people, we need to get more sleep. And it's not even just, you know, the amount of sleep you get, because everyone's going to say, oh, just get seven to nine hours. Just get seven to nine. Okay, that's great. Brilliant. But if you can't get that seven to nine hours, what, what would you do? If you've got kids and you can't sleep, what are you going to do? So the other way we can look at that is sleep quality, because that's just as important as the duration of sleep. And we plugs one of our other podcasts on that actual podcast when we spoke to a guy called coach dean hammond where he gave his like top tips for sleep and one of the ones that i normally like to tell people is something called the power down hour and i think in today's age where technology is you know is everywhere everyone's on the phone i think most people listening to any podcast will probably be on their phone seconds before they go to sleep they'll be scrolling feeds put it down go to bed so this power down hour tries to to remove that so what you do is an hour before you want to go to bed electronics are all down you dim your lights Uh, obviously if you've got like bright lights everywhere obviously dim or turn some off just keep some lamps on and stuff and just try and wind down go through some maybe some breathing techniques maybe read a book just something that avoids technology and then what you want to do is towards the end of that power down hour is start to try and go to sleep so lay in your bed and yeah breathing techniques get yourself asleep because what people sometimes do and i'm guilty of this is they'll say they want to go bed at let's say eight uh, at ten o'clock and they want to get up eight hours later. What they'll do is they'll go into they'll get into bed at 10 o'clock and they won't realize, okay, you don't fall asleep like you know, straight away, bang, you're gone. Especially if you've been on your phone, your brain's awake, it's alert, you're not going to get into a deep sleep for ages. So actually, your total sleep time is not eight hours when you wake up, it's probably about six. So that power down hour tries to calm you down. And then the time you get to ten o'clock, hopefully your brain shut off, you'll fall asleep fairly quickly, and you are gonna have closer to eight hours. Yeah, I'm
0: definitely um I when I was younger, I was really guilty of that. I used to literally not only fall asleep with the TV on, but I would mm. sleep the whole night with the TV on. And I, and I would notice I would wake up and a lot throughout the night. Now, fortunately, my wife, is she needs absolute, total darkness, one dark silence, you know, that kind of thing. And I know it's helped me, obviously. And I've been trying more even, like you were saying, I, I keep a book on the nightstand now. I try to read a, you know, a few pages before bed um i notice i find myself as i start to read i feel like i'm dozing off quicker even too so but i think the phone too uh, the phone's a nightmare with work and everything it's like you hear that buzz it's like yeah well i need to check it
1: um it's a nightmare isn't it it really
0: is it really is uh so i had two things here that i wanted to ask and i'm gonna so for you right now in your life, what would you categorize as your biggest success and, and what has it
1: taught you? So this is where we're going to rewind a bit back to my army top 10. Okay. You know, chaos. So my biggest success would probably be that top 10 fittest in the army. I think what it, what it just kind of showed me is is that if you sort of dedicate yourself to a goal, um, you can achieve basically what I'm capable of. You know, I, I came into the army pretty fit you know i started training i trained to crossfit you know about four or five years ago doing all that I feel great doing my training the question is what, what am i getting out of this what, what what am i what am i achieving i'm getting healthier what am i achieving so when this came around it kind of just showed me look i am actually better than i think i am and it showed me what i can actually do if i put my mind to it i think most people listening will need to understand that you, you can probably do more than you think because a lot of people say oh wow you know top 10 fitness in the army. that's that's incredible you know that's that's brilliant but i now just think you know what it's okay all it was all i did was follow the process i followed a training plan stuck to it and then that's what came at the end and if pe- that's what people need to they need to focus more because a lot of people don't <laughs> a lot of people don't focus i mean i'm saying i focus but i'm still guilty of not focusing sometimes and i think there's just so much going on in our in our, in our um in our lives at the moment it's very hard to but i think if you can just just sometimes take a moment and think, right, what do I want to achieve? And in that case, it was to obviously qualify for those live finals. You'll get there. At the end, you'll get there. Um, that's probably what I'll take away is that. I know what I'm capable of now. I know if I want to get back to there, I can do it.
0: Yeah, well, I, I mean, coming from me, Bill, I think that's freaking amazing. Um, I,
1: <laughs> I can't congratulate I just, that that blew me
0: away when I saw that. I was like, wow, this is, this is awesome. So good on you for that. Um, so now, me personally... I always feel like I learned more from, I don't want to say failures. I'll say maybe not as, maybe disappointments, maybe not as much success, right? But for you, if you had to categorize something that wasn't a success, you know, and what was that for you and what, what did you learn from
1: that? So <laughs> basically I think my biggest success was the top 10. My biggest failure is also linked to that. So I qualified for the finals, come in top ten in the online qualifiers. Yeah, really good. I was really happy that was great. You know, I had a few rough patches during the qualifiers as well. So it was a big success for me to actually get there. Unfortunately, my biggest failure would probably be my performance in the finals. Now, at that point, I'd already signed off. So I've already already terminated my contract with the army. So I knew that in a you know in less than a year's time, I would be officially out of the forces. And before the live finals, we had a summer break. So I think I was off for about four weeks. I don't know what it was, I mean, I had birthdays there, and I think I just got complacent. I was focused on other work because I was getting a bit worried, thinking, right, I'm going to be out soon. I need to sort my life out a little bit. So I got a bit. I thought, okay, I'm in good shape. If I just maintain, let it tick over. You know, I can have a few beers in the evening. I should be okay. I'll be fine. And basically what happened was I convinced myself that I'm not actually that bothered how I did. I don't know why, but I convinced myself, you know what? I'll do okay. I'm top 10. That's fine. I'm not that bothered. I'll be okay. I got to the finals and yeah, it didn't go well at all. I was literally after the first workout, which was, what was the first workout? It was a a swim. So we got into the pool, did some swimming. And then after the swim, we had to do like a mile run. So you had to get straight out of the pool, get your trainers on, go for a run around the the camp. Um, Did okay on that. And then what I realized was, because essentially what I should have done is I should have been peaking my training volume wise so that when it cut to the competition i was prepared for the volume when i got to the finals i was not prepared for the volume there was a lot of work <laughs> my body was not ready so after a couple of workouts i was fragged i was running on fumes and by the end yeah i was just tumbling down i ended up finishing ninth overall in the live finals just still a good achievement i mean still ninth in the british army but i think it what it taught me was is that i do actually care i do care how people think of me physically i do care how i perform physically and i won't make the same mistake again basically next time i compete in a thing i won't make that same mistake of oh, i'm not actually that bothered or i can i can just maintain and uh, yeah
0: well that's i mean hell i still what i said previously i still think that's a <laughs> massive achievement um sorry you didn't do do
1: better I, but hell <laughs> um, at least you learned something from it too right <laughs> yeah well, yeah that's that's it i think as you said well i think failures are more important I look at that performance. Yeah. People will say, yeah, top 10 is great, but I will look at it as a failure because I know I can do better. Instead, I, I, think, knew, I I, know I can do better, but I didn't. So,
0: <laughs> I also think too, though, that goes even back to what we were talking about for the whole mental aspect. Right.
1: I just think sometimes
0: like, and I don't think there's enough of this nowadays. Right. I think I almost think as a society, people are too willing to, they want other people to drive them and motivate them and they don't, sometimes take enough accountability for driving and motivating themselves. You know what I mean? And it's it's frustrating to me sometimes when you see it, you know, especially with some younger people that, you know, you see all the potential. And it's like, and even I look back at my younger self, I go, damn, I wish, I felt like I maybe I was waiting around too long for somebody to motivate me instead of taking it, you know, pulled by the horns of motivating myself. Um, but again, I think we all learn from that and we, we push ourselves because of it. So at least if we can learn something from even a failure, I think overall it's, uh, what is that? We don't lose. We learn. Right. So that's, I think that's a really good, good way to look at it. Um, all right. So I, now I, I think I've went on enough about your army and all that, all of that's so now, now I want to get into some of the stuff that you're doing now. So uh, I want to ask you as far as your personal, your business, your business owner,
1: what is Train Primal? So essentially Train Primal is a, is a fitness community. So it's very community driven. It's basically online personal training. Uh, there's an aspect of it which is one-to-one so the more conventional stuff that most people will, will see you know you'll, you'll sign up and you'll get a, a bespoke training plan for example and then we've got the community-based programs where there's three different types depending on your ability and essentially you get to choose what you want and then you go on that you're all in the same community you get a nice little app little community app and yeah just improve your health and fitness depending on your goal it's very simple just to improve people's health and fitness by making it accessible. You know, we don't need to charge the world for it. Just nice and simple. There's not much to it. We're not reinventing the wheel or anything. We're just trying to create a community under a pretty solid brand. I'd say. How long has it been around, Bill? So this is where it gets a bit more sort of messy in terms of, so it started over a year ago, the core concept of it, but very recently we went through a kind of like a big rebranding and repersonal phase. So, really it's not been around very long in terms of how it is now how it actually is now with the new website the new the new team the new branding in terms of like a name it's been around for for over a year but what really happened was is that i this is we started when we were still in the army so we had covid obviously everyone's had everyone's had the whole covid thing going on and mm-hmm in my camp where I was, they basically sent us away. So they sent us home just to limit the, because obviously on a barracks, the spread of households is outrageous, isn't it? Because people are coming from all over the country to one central location every single weekend, people go home and then come back again. And what happened was they sent us away. Uh, I wasn't really doing much at the time. I was basically, as I said, playing World of Warcraft every day, (laughs) doing nothing, literally just sitting there playing World of Warcraft. And uh, a good friend of mine, um, who is no longer part of this now, a guy called Andy, he was doing a programme so he was doing a CrossFit-based program, and I was on that. And then he stopped it because he went, he moved away, he tried to open a gym, COVID hit, he lost a lot of money, basically had to come back. And then he gave me a phone call said, look, do you want to do this together? Do you want to start something new together? So I said, yes, let's go for it. So we spent most of that lockdown just building it up, essentially, not just us two doing it. Uh, and then what happened quite recently was, is he pulled away. He decided he did to be part of it as well. He was also on the podcast. I'm not sure if you heard him, then, but some of the older episodes, he was on the podcast for quite a while. He left the podcast. He then left uh, Train Primal, so we eventually had to like restart. So we had to rebrand, rebuild. Um, so we're quite we're quite early on, really, in the in the new stages. But yeah, it was a bit, a bit messy early on. But that's just business, isn't it? it happens.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's. I think that's pretty much with any any type of business. Um, how
1: many uh, how many members are you currently at? It's only a handful, really. We haven't got too many, really. I mean, they're spread across, it's difficult to say exactly because they're spread across different packages. So we've got say okay. so we've got three different packages. One's like a, I'll probably call it, a, I don't want to say CrossFit, they'll probably sue me, but it's a functional fitness competitors program. Right. Without getting sued. And then we've got one in the middle uh, called Primal Fit, which is essentially a strength and conditioning program. So it's people who want to do stuff five days a week. And then Primal Life it is, that's probably, it's actually surprisingly quite popular which i was surprised that it's the cheapest one it's only three days a week but it's it's a good point because it gets you moving you get all the advice that we comes comes along with on the app but you also get enough exercise to keep you moving basically the whole idea of life is that you are doing exercise for life you're not trying to break a new old record you're not trying to you know smash a marathon you are literally just doing enough to, to live a healthy uh, healthy life basically
0: yeah, that probably. Uh, that's probably. Uh, I mean, I can just tell from myself, right? Like that's kind of my my thing now. I'm usually three three times a week of, mm-hmm. you know, pretty harder intense workouts. The rest is more, you know, walks, stretching, things like that. So, not I, I personally, I'm not surprised that that's well. Two reasons: it's three times, and you said I think it's the cheaper version too, right? So, yeah, I think true. that yeah, all together, yeah, and that's that's probably part of it now you mentioned the packages right so Mm -hmm. sounds like you sign up you have the package is there opportunity for people on train primal can they work with you guys more
1: for like custom programs suited to them yeah absolutely so, as I said, we wanted to make this quite accessible to a wide range of people because we know not everyone has hundreds and hundreds of you know pounds dollars whatever to spend on a personal trainer, so the training packages uh you know relatively cheap, so the most expensive one is twenty three pounds ninety nine a month I'm not sure that is in dollars and then the cheapest one the life is eleven pounds ninety nine a month so they're the really accessible ones they're they're not bespoke or anything, so they are They've got a goal, so the programs have their own goal, but they're not specialized to any person who signs up. So the whole point is, it's community. So you're all on the same program, which Uh is where you can kind of compare your friends, kind of say, "Look, I've done better than you today," you know, all that, all that, all you know, all the banter that you can have, I suppose, with with your friends. And then we've got the option to work with either myself, a guy called Dave, uh, a woman called Sarah, and another one called Hannah. And that's where you can get the more one-to-one stuff. Obviously, it comes at a, a higher premium but that that is also an option if people wanted to work with us one-to-one.
0: So I I just want to say this and for, for even you and anybody that's listening here. So I, I've went this route. I'm three years now working with a personal trainer three days a week. And, you know, listen, it's not, I don't feel like it's breaking the bank in any means, but I will say this Mm. to anybody that's listening. If you, if you have some additional funds, definitely go the route of trying to do the more personal. I, I, I can't, I can't, I recommend it so highly. I mean, it just has made such a huge difference in my life. And I mean, I I tell people all the time, I, before I started working with the personal trainer, I mean, Bill, I was on two types of medication where I was probably paying over a hundred dollars a month, you know, I mean, just, I've now four months into working with the personal trainer, I've boom, medicine's gone. So that saved, you know? So I just, anybody that's listening, I tell anybody that will listen to this, it's, consider it uh people think right away oh god i can't afford a personal trainer you, you you can afford it and it's you know it's probably cutting out spending money on some of the uh all that shit that's not that good for you and you'll you'll think, see
1: you have a lot of extra money to pay for it i think a really good point you made there and this is something we spoke about here in the uk is why personal training for example is not part of the the health system almost because they'll spend all this money on you know cures vaccines if you want to go out all these medication they spend all this money on the cure but what about prevention we know that exercise you know, as you said you're you you did not have to pay for those pills and i'm just a hundred dollars saved because you've taken the exercise route so i would like to know why we are not as a society you know subsidizing perhaps personal training for people to get better so someone comes into the into the doctors and they're overweight or obese for example the first thing they'll you know they might go down the whole gastric bypass thing or they're like okay we need to put you on this or you need to do that you know but there's no thought of let's get you in touch with, with a you know health professional we'll pay for it or your insurance or whoever here the national health Service, they'll pay for it and you go do that down that route because it's i think it has the biggest impact on people's health opposed to all these this medication and all this other stuff because at that point it's we could we could have stopped this at early stages if you just intervened um, because not everyone can afford personal trainers but as you said the impact it can have is massive but we need to make it more accessible because not everyone can afford it
0: yeah, Bill, it's it's so true. It's funny. I um I did on my podcast last week. Actually, I did it. It was just me for about ten minutes. Uh, I did an episode. I I titled it "Fat Assery," and I touched on this point. And Bill, I'm serious. When I when you get off of here, type in "fat assery" online, and yeah. it'll take you to the Urban Dictionary and look at the definition. You'll you'll crack up. But trust me, that that was me. And you know, I think first people need to own it. the the governments of any country they're not they don't promote it as well right and you know it's unfortunate too though because as people as individuals we we know the answer to the question but we refuse sometimes to pursue it and it's it's kind of it's kind of sad you know but I think it's a big deal and I think government should be promoting it more you know and I I just know for me now, being fifty, you know, I was almost two hundred and sixty pounds just three years ago, and I tell people this all the time. I, I've always yo-yoed back and forth in my life with weight. Uh, I've been three years now on a steady decline, um, like right around one eighty-seven to one ninety. But I tell people all the time, and I'm this serious about it now. I don't have another yo-yo in me. I, if Bill, I do mean this. If I go back up to two hundred and sixty pounds, I know. Full well, I will die at 260 pounds and I'm going to make a very heavy casket, and that's not going to happen. But I think people need to really take it more seriously. So, and that's why I really like what you're doing. And that's what intrigued me when I asked you to be on. I think, I think people like, I don't think personal trainers are all in it for just money, right? I think that a lot of personal trainers are in it to help people. And I think we need to take them up on it as a society. So,
1: i think so- i want to add to one thing on that Charles, is that like the job of a personal trainer should not be to keep you on a leash for the rest of your life it should be about education and behavioral change mm-hmm. if they if they educate if you if you're a personal trainer for a year and after that year you have absolutely no idea what you would do without them and you have no idea like okay if i left you today i would have no idea what to do training nutrition lifestyle i won't have a clue that that personal trainer has done you a disservice they should be teaching you how to change your behavior sort of guiding you to change your behavior they're teaching all the core concepts the core foundations of exercise of nutrition so that after 6 12 you know 18 months you can go off and you can carry on yourself and yourself self-reliant that is a job of a personal trainer and I, unfortunately some of them aren't like that but if you find the right one then yeah and obviously i'd like to say our team at train problem obviously does try to do that but uh, <laughs> i'd obviously be biased <laughs> Yeah. And that's, um, and that's,
0: I think that's a really valid point. I know me personally, I've learned so much from my personal trainer. And I, I mentioned to you, I've been with my personal trainer for three years now, but more, I think now my more reasons for being still with, with him is I'm not going to lie. I don't like going through the process of wondering, setting up the workouts, things like that. Right. I, I like that, And plus the equipment, right. I go over there, It's all the equipment I need. I don't, I don't, I don't have really the room here to have all that. So it's all the equipment I need. It's the expertise. Now, when I was at, not just when I was 260 pounds, the other issue I had going, Bill, was I had two herniated discs and horrible sciatica, right? So I also find comfort in the fact that he is keeping an eye on things like form, Mm -hmm. making sure I'm not injuring myself. One of the things he said to me when I first started was, you know, one of my first jobs with you is I don't want to do any additional harm, you know? it's to really make sure we're focusing on building you back up to what we need. So, but yeah, I just, again, it's just plug for personal trainers in general for Bill, his team, seek them out. It's, it's worth it. Um, yeah. So I guess we touch about your, your business. Um, and I know we touched, I was going to ask you a little bit more even about, Oh, I did want to ask you this. If you just as somebody starting out, right. And you said about education, right if you had like something, nothing, again, nothing real in detail, but if you just said to somebody starting out, like the nutrition aspect of it, like, Hey, any, any tips you could give or that you've seen with people you've worked with, where you could say, listen, if you just, here, here's a, here's a nice tip nutritionally that you might want to start, you know, adhering to
1: nutritionally. So it's it's very difficult simply because of it it always says i mean this is like a running statement on our podcast it depends because nutritionally depending on where you are what you're doing activity wise all these things it makes it very difficult to make um make a recommendation what i would say is become aware of what you're eating and how much you're eating is probably what i would say because and by that i mean maybe you do a food diary maybe even get get some i know people don't like the whole thing of weighing food but maybe just do it for a little bit just so you become aware of how much what you're actually putting into your body so an example i can give is things like pasta cereal if we look at if you weigh out a portion of pasta you'll probably be very very surprised at how much is in there same with rice weigh out a portion of rice weigh out a portion of cereal in the morning like if you have your your porridge oatmeal so you'll be very surprised at how much portion is and the problem is because people aren't aware how much portions actually are they just fill whatever they have they have a bowl they'll fill it you know they'll mm-hmm. they'll, they'll put a pan on the on the hob to cook their pat they'll just fill it and i think if you can become aware of how much you're actually eating um it'll make a big difference to whatever your whatever your goals are really essentially so that would probably be i think that's that should cover a lot of people but as i said it does depend it's, it's very difficult to be specific in terms of nutrition but yeah that's where i'd start probably becoming aware of what you're eating how much you're eating
0: no i think that's great uh... Bill, I'm already, as we talked over, over this last hour, I'm already, I've already, as you've been talking, I've been like, Oh my God, here's a great clip for like, I have I think I got like three or four in mind that I'm like, I want to mm. clip this out as like a little, yeah. a little blurb. So yeah, that's, that's really good. So um, when, what do you see people when they come to you for, for help with training, right? What, what would you see? What What's some of the biggest questions, problems, when they approach you for your advice on fitness and they want to
1: get your help. I think the biggest one is time. Like time is one of the biggest barriers to most people when it comes to health and fitness. Uh, and I don't want to say it's an excuse because I don't think it is, but I don't, I don't blame the individual. I don't say, Oh, you have got time, you know, cause you'll see these people saying, Oh, we've all got the same 24 hours in a day. Yeah. We, yeah. You know, technically we do, but we don't actually have the same 24 hour. like Everyone has different lives in that 24 hours and that is one of the biggest problems people come to you i haven't got the time i just haven't got the time it's that they they probably do have the time what we need to do as i said is educate and guide behavioral change because you'll be very surprised at the time people have in the day but they're just not aware of it and people get into routines they're you know they're they're used to waking up doing this until they go to bed if you then tell them oh you've got to put that in there i just haven't got the time just haven't got the time if you actually sit down with someone and say right we're going to write down in every single hour what you're doing and you'll be surprised at how much time people can find and all it takes is you just a little step to okay, say okay normally in this little window here you don't really do anything we've actually discovered after having a full-on conversation that you normally spend your time playing a little game on your phone maybe watching an episode of the office you know these little small things they don't really realize that they're actually doing but they are maybe they're sitting down having lunch instead of just eating lunch getting up and going they're eating lunch by watching something but then they're finishing to watch that program instead of just getting up and doing something else there's all these little windows we can find but it's just about guiding people around around time because we do have time it's just people aren't aware of it if that makes sense i hope i've made sense
0: 100 i was telling somebody this about two weeks ago i said uh, and it was it was around that topic about time i said you know what I said, people don't even realize the whole issue of the whole concept of, I don't have time. It's a subconscious issue. Mm-hmm. And I think you just shed even more light on it, which I'm really glad because by becoming aware, taking it out of our subconscious, the things that we do that we're not really even paying attention to, it allows us to manage the time we have even, even better. So again, great tip. Thank you for that. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a chance here to plug a little bit. So, Bill, I wanted why why should people choose Bill and and train <laughs> primal and your team? What what makes you guys different and what what's some of the benefits they will get?
1: No problem. I mean, as I said, as I said at the start, as I said at the start, you know, we're not reinventing the wheel. You know, I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna take the Mickey and start saying oh we're amazing. We've been able to change in the game, but you know, it's the best training app since you know whatever was the first one, but. I think what stands apart is, is the community stuff and our engagement with with the clients because it's not like, for example, you might have seen what was it Chris Hemsworth's Centre app, whatever it is. So we're not another one of those where you'll see him all over the adverts, all plastered all over the internet, saying, "You oh, know, this is my train, my team list." But you don't hear him, you don't speak to him, you don't really speak to any of his team, hear from any his team. Whereas what we try to do is keep it while it's community based, and obviously as it scales, it's going to become more difficult because you know if you have hundreds of members you obviously becomes more difficult is that we're always going to try and keep that community filled so for example monthly q a's is a big thing actually people seeing the people behind the programs you no know, we're not just i'm not just going to hire someone okay you do that you do all that i'm just going to sit around you do all the work you know we want to engage with people on a personal level because that's what people need even when it is a i don't want to say it's not a cookie cutter program is what people say even though it is in theory you could you could call it that because it is not you know it's not individualized to someone is that we want it to still be personal because sometimes people just need to chat people need to just talk and some of i think some of these apps out there that you can pay for they don't have that they go here here's your workout do it here's a recipe eat it no here's that do that and it's like okay yeah it might work for a bit but life happens what happens if one day someone says oh next month i've got this going on is there anything you could do for me yeah absolutely could do that these other apps you'll go through to a customer service thing and they'll be like we will pause your subscription okay brilliant that doesn't really help at all so I think we're just trying to we're trying to make personalized stuff but, scale, but scalable almost. If if that also makes sense, I'm, I'm yeah. aware that I'm probably just rambling on with absolute nonsense. But if that no. makes sense, is that we're trying to keep it trying to keep it broad and accessible to everyone of all sort of financial situations, but at the same time trying to keep that personal sort of aspect in there and yeah but then in terms of training what would make us different i'll get a bit more juicy now because that was all the community stuff the actual training we do i think what really separates us is the ever-evolving training cycles so a lot of these programs if you do like a 12-week one or i don't know if you do like a monthly one example they're normally the same so i've been on ones before where they'll say it's they'll say it's like roll you your stand for months and months and months. what they'll do is you'll do a bit and then they'll go back to the start again and you'll do a bit and they'll go back and they might occasionally add a few things With ours is each sort of every few months it completely evolves so it's completely different every time and the reason we do that is not only because it's proven to enhance results because the body adapts so if you just do the same things the same days the same amount of volume the same movements your body will adapt it becomes less effective we do that to try and keep it um or to keep the results increasing essentially and then we've also got the motivational side if you do the same things over and over again becomes very boring doesn't it let's be honest i mean yeah. I know sometimes for some for some people if you're a professional athlete you do have to do boring stuff sometimes because that's that's the nature of it if you want to prove you have to just you know if you're an elite rower you have to row every day <laughs> that's just the way it goes but when people come to our program especially on the life program and the fit program is they want to just get fit they want to get healthy they want to have fun you know they, they, they want to keep exercising but if you make it boring for them they're not going to want to stick around so that's that's i think that's our most important thing is the the cycle is always evolving it's never really the same um and yeah it's a lot of fun
0: and i think that was a i think that was a great great answer i love i i personally i think i can see just speaking to you um speaking you it makes i could see why people would want to come to use train primal and i think everything you said is is great for the community and great for people in general um I want to end with this, uh, Bill, I, I, thanks so much. I want to give you a chance to let people know how to get in touch with you, but I did want to mention, you know, folks that are listening to this today, uh, talked a lot about Bill's army experience, training in the army, his expertise and fitness, but please check out his podcast, um, chat shit, get fit. I got that right. Right. Yeah,
1: Bill? yeah that's right. Yeah.
0: yeah. I, uh, you know, I kind of, I did some research yesterday and ended up listening to three or four episodes. And I got to tell you, I was laughing my ass off. Not only will you be informed, you will be entertained. So please check that out. Uh, Bill, on that note, I'm just going to give you a chance here to how, how can people get in touch with you through social media?
1: That's a great question, Charles, because we've got about 15 different social channels. It's <laughs> absolutely Armageddon. Uh, probably the best way is to go over on instagram we've got three different accounts so i've got my own personal account you can go follow that's at bill underscore train primal where i generally post more i mean we've actually recently gone for a bit of a social structure so you'll probably see more personal stuff on that account now we've then got a train primal account which is at train underscore primal and we've got a podcast account at chat shit get fit podcast which is actually a brand new account we made like yesterday (laughs) because we wanted to clean up our socials but yeah i mean they're probably the best place to find we're very responsive on there. So that would be the best place to talk to us. I would have thought, yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, Bill, again, thank you so much. Uh, I want to thank everybody who tuned in today. Uh, hope that you guys were learned something. Obviously we're here today helping as myself, like Bill, I'm really hoping to motivate and inspire some people. So Bill, thanks for doing the work you do. Um, not just, I'm not British, but thanks for your service. Also. Uh, I always, you know, having a, family of veterans and i can always appreciate the service and the the uh sacrifice you guys make so thank you for that so on that note everybody please check out train primal uh tune in to chat shit get fit um uh, please tune in look for future episodes of my podcast of bare essentials uh thank you all have a great day bye
1: thanks have see you later. This has been the Bear Essentials.
0: Thanks for listening. And remember, never hibernate on your goals.